Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Oh, Yeah. Sometimes we laugh and sometimes we cry, but I guess you know now. Baby. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Coon Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. With today's special guest host, Sparky Pfeiffer. Welcome in, 6 o'clock hour here on NBA Media Day. Memphis Grizzlies Media Day as well. Uh, and again, Jeffrey Wright, a great job doing a bunch of one-on-one interviews. If you missed it, make sure to go to the 92.9 ESPN app. Uh, you can listen to all of his one-on-one interviews there. Uh, you won't want to miss it. Definitely want to check it out. We're going to play a, a couple of cuts from a couple of the different interviews uh, that he had in case uh, you haven't heard them. A couple of things that stuck out uh, to me, I guess, uh, in this whole deal. Uh, first of all is Marcus Smart, right? Marcus Smart coming over from the Boston Celtics, uh, a guy that if he's on your team, you love. A guy, if he's not on your team, you probably hate and can't stand uh, as an opposing fan base or an, even as an opposing team or an opposing player. But the one thing that Marcus Smart does do uh, is he tends to be that glue guy, seemingly in Boston, uh, in that locker room. He tends to be that guy that uh, teammates will rally around. He tends to be that guy that's going to die for those loose balls uh, when they're there. He's going to play tough-nosed uh, defense. He's going to hit that occasional three, and sometimes maybe he'll be able to get on a run uh, and knock down a few in a row and really change the pace of a game for you. So uh, from that aspect, uh, the Memphis Grizzlies uh, get somebody that I think makes a lot of sense uh, for this locker room for the Grizzlies, especially knowing that there is no John Morant right, for the first 25 games because of his suspension. Uh, and if you missed it earlier uh, today, we're at work, whatever the case may be. Uh, he is allowed to practice with the team and travel with the team. He just can't be in the arena uh, during games of any sort, even preseason games. So it can't be anywhere near uh, the team during games and in the arena. He's got to be out by a certain time uh, each one of those game days. Now, having said that, uh, Marcus Smart talked with Jeffrey Wright, as I said uh, earlier on. Uh, and I, I want to play back this cut of him talking about how the Memphis Grizzlies are viewed uh, by opposing teams, uh, and I guess Boston, would, in this case, it would be the Boston Celtics, uh, around the league. And then I want to give you my thoughts on what he had to say. How did other locker rooms view this team the last couple of years? What was kind of the general consensus when players would talk to each other? Just this, you know, it's a fun young team. 
it's a fun young team, and um, and uh, you know it, they it kind of brought some of them back to their, their to their younger days and uh, when they were playing. Um, but they, they loved it. They loved the energy, the atmosphere of this team, and uh, you know uh, they were excited to see what those young guys could do on the court. That's nice, and that may be what you know the the politically correct answer is. I don't necessarily know if that's the truth, though, at the end of the day. I, I think a lot of people uh, around the league watching that Grizzlies uh, team last year uh, with Dylan Brooks did not think that. I think there were some people around the NBA that looked at it and said they were trying to be a younger version of the bad boys, the old Detroit Pistons, right, with Isaiah Thomas and Rick Mahorn and Dennis Rodman and those guys. That's what I think a, a bigger uh, view was around the league of that Memphis Grizzlies team last year. Kind of wanting to be the bad boys uh, of the NBA, of you're not going to punk us because we're old, because we're young, I should say. We're going to punk you first. Um, kind of sticking out your chest and showing everybody that, you know, you're the tougher of the two opponents. Uh, and I think it rubbed people the wrong way, to be honest with you, uh, around a lot of the league. Yeah, they were young, for sure. Uh, and I think up until the last year or so, I think they were kind of the the darling of the U.S. or around the country. I think a lot of people fell in love with this Grizzlies team a couple of years ago. I mean, it's hard not to fall in love with an exciting player like John Morant. It's really hard not to fall in love with an exciting player like John Morant. Now he goes and does his off-court stuff, and maybe that takes away a little bit uh, from the national appeal maybe of John Morant. You you rub some, some fans the wrong way. Maybe they're not as bought into rooting for you anymore. And I'm talking about people you know, in different parts of the country, you know, people in New Mexico or South Dakota, different parts of the country. I'm not talking about people, you know, in, in Tennessee. I'm talking about people all over the country that aren't Grizzlies fans. But if they're on TV, yeah, I like that Grizzlies team. Yeah, I can get behind John, man. That's an exciting young player. Those are the people we're talking about. And up until last year, I think there were a lot of that. And to give you another example, it would be like the Detroit Lions of the National Football League. And the aspect of nobody hates the Lions, nobody dislikes the Lions, but it's like, man, Lions have struggled a little ways, but man, it would be a great story if they could figure out, you know, how to get on the right track and start winning and going in the right direction. And not to say that Memphis was necessarily in that same boat, but you had a potential superstar in John Morant where everybody wanted to believe in the Grizzlies. People are sick of Golden State of the Warriors. People are sick of LeBron James in general, and everything he does and wins and so forth. The Lakers, they've always been on top, right, with Kobe and Shaq and so forth, the Magic Johnson. People are sick of that, too. People wanted the the smaller market, the medium-sized market, to start winning and doing that thing. And that's why I think the Denver Nuggets had, a, had quite a few fans uh, last year as well because it was something different. It was something else for people to get behind uh, at the end of the day. And I think that kind of all got tarnished a little bit uh, last year uh, with everything that went down between John Morant off the court, Dylan Brooks on the court, uh, the things he was talking about in locker rooms and and, and so forth. So I think that was Marcus Smart uh, playing the nice route because he's on this team now and he's in this locker room. So he gives you the positive spin. He's a vet. He's been in the league, what, 16 years? Uh, he knows how to deal with the media. Uh, great interview uh, again, though, by Jeffrey Wright. Make sure to check it out uh, on your Odyssey app if you haven't already. There was another clip uh, inside of this interview that I want to discuss too. And this was a, a really uh, good question. Uh, and and really, you know, he asked everybody for the most part, I think, uh, of the interviews I heard 
about that whole loss in the first round uh, to the Lakers, a two seed, and how you kind of get over it, how you kind of move on. And obviously, Marcus Smart was not here, right? He wasn't in Memphis. He wasn't on this team. He had an outsider perspective, uh, and he gives you a different viewpoint of a guy that's been in the league, right, that's had those losses in Boston, that's had those heartbreaking scenarios where you're supposed to win and you lose a series or whatever the case may be. So here's Marcus Smart uh, on that Memphis loss in the first round uh, to the Lakers as a two seed. Obviously, this team is, you know, has a disappointing exit in the playoffs last year and a lot of conversation around them. You bring some stability here. In your mind, what, what are the challenges for this season and, and what you would like to see this team address? Um, you know, just being able to, to, to stay in that, in that mindset, that winning mindset. You know, um, as a young team, you get excited. Um, excuse me. You get excited. And, uh, you know, until you go through some hardships and then it hits you. And it's like, what do we do now? You know, we didn't experience this. Nobody expected us to do this, but we're doing it. Um, and, and just being able to come in and, 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 and kind of rein us back in. And like, hey, we're here. We're doing what we're supposed to do. Let's continue to do it. Let's not stray. Let's not get too high. And let's not get too low. Do you think the, the way that it ended for them, that makes everyone a little bit more open and receptive to that idea? Of course, of course. Um, you know, being a, the, having a number two seed in the West, and then you know losing first round, uh, first round. That that's going to definitely you know humble a lot of people in the aspect of you know just understanding the game a little bit more. It's a little bit more tougher than what, than what you expected. You know, it's two different seasons from you know the the regular season and, and the playoffs. So um, being able to to recognize and understand it and shift those gears, um, I think I think that losing in the first round definitely has opened up to everybody here to understanding that there are so many different ways to go with worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole well good thing instacart shoppers are as picky as you are they find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line they are milk expiration date detectives they bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional term supply uh, what marcus smart said there to jeffrey wright so let's first start with the the emotional uh, aspect of it when you're on a veteran basketball team and if you want to take say the lakers are a bunch of old dudes uh anthony davis lebron and those guys it's a lot easier uh, probably to get through uh, when you're in those playoff series and in those type of deals because you've got a bunch of guys who've been in the league a long time. They've been on those teams that have been up. They've been on those teams that have been down. They've been in those tough playoff scenarios. Those tested teams are normally the ones that normally make the run. Very rarely in the NBA do you ever see a team go from you know uh, the year previous being the 10th or 11th team in the Eastern Western Conference and the next year they go and win the whole thing. It doesn't happen that often. Normally, you have to take your lumps. Normally, there is a team or teams that you kind of have to get over the hump of before you can move forward. And everybody's got that team, right? So for the Michael Jordan Bulls, it was the bad boy Pistons uh, back in the day uh, that that they had to kind of get by. For the bad boy Pistons, it was the Larry Bird Celtics that they had to get by before they could you know, get to that, that ring and finish it off. And then obviously, nobody could get past the Michael Jordan Bulls 
as long as he was playing with the Chicago Bulls. Now, those couple of years when he wasn't, uh, obviously they weren't there, and that allowed Hakeem Olajuwon and the Rockets to win a couple of years. But that's where we are now with this Grizzlies team, right? You had some adversity. You kind of got punched in the mouth um, in that Lakers series and kind of got knocked down. Uh, And then after you got knocked down, the organization made the decision that they were done with Dylan Brooks. And that was it. Toodles. It's been fun. We're done. And we're going to move on without you. Uh, And you also had to deal with the John Moran off the court stuff. So you go out and you get Marcus Smart. And you get Derrick Rose, who we'll hear from a little bit uh, later on in this hour as well. And both of these guys are brought in for two reasons, right? Marcus Smart more than Derrick Rose probably on the court where he's going to help you in a multitude of ways from being a defender, from being a guy that can hit the occasional three-point shot, uh, make a good pass every once in a while, kind of be an extension, hopefully, of Taylor Jenkins and the coaching staff on the floor. So he's going to help you there. Derrick Rose, how much playing time is he going to get? Don't know. I think that's a big question mark. Uh, I know we're all excited that Derrick Rose is back. This is not Derrick Rose, obviously, of his college days. Uh, Physically, he's not the same player. He's just not. And he's pretty much said the same thing, but there are different things he can still bring to the team and help. And he did have a good year a couple of years ago, right? For the Knicks, he played pretty well. Then last year, he didn't play at all because they went with the youth movement. So we'll see what Derrick Rose adds. But off the court, they are going to be stabilizing forces that this Grizzlies team desperately needed uh, after what happened last year. Guys that are going to be able to not have the highs and not have the lows and try and keep this thing on the straight and narrow and as even keel as possible. Now that does not mean to clarify that you can't celebrate a win, right? That does not mean if you get a big win and you beat the Phoenix suns or something, a team that everybody seemingly is picking in the West, if you knock them off and it's a big one. That doesn't mean you can't celebrate and have a good time uh, and enjoy the moment. That's not what that means. But what it does mean is you can't read your press clippings and buy into it that, oh man, we're going to win the West because we've won five in a row and here we go. We're here. You're not here until you win the thing. Then you're here. But you have to win the whole thing or at least win the West and be in the NBA Finals. Then you're here. What happens in the regular season doesn't mean a thing unless you're a team struggling to make the playoffs on a given season. So the Sacramento Kings have been horrible. They get into the playoffs, and what were they, a five seed, I think, last year? Okay, so that was a team that was happy to be there because nobody was thinking they were going to be there necessarily. Okay, that's different. When you've been in the playoffs and you've been sitting at the top three, four seeds in your conference for a couple of years now, yeah, now that doesn't matter as much. Now, you use the regular season to get ready for the postseason. Now, you're figuring out rotations and you're playing all your guys. And really what the whole point of this is now during the regular season is kind of an extended preseason to get ready for the postseason. As a fan base, it's tough because you want to get overly excited over wins. And you don't want to get too crazy mad over a loss to a bad basketball team, which is going to happen. It's going to happen. Happens to everybody. But that's the deal. Is you as a fan base 
You have to keep it even keel as much as possible, just as much as the team has to keep it even keel. You have to act like, that. okay, the playoffs, that's okay. That's expectation. But now what's the next expectation? Is the next expectation to be in the NBA Finals this year? Is the expectation to be in the conference finals this year? The expectation better be to win more than one round of the playoffs. I'll tell you that much. If your expectation is only to win one round, we need to raise the bar. Yeah, we need to have a conversation. Raise the bar. This is a learning experience for everybody involved. And we're all going to kind of grow together in this thing with the team. But that does come back down to watching and learning. This basketball team made a change. They made a change in the coaching staff because Darko left, right, to go be the head coach in Toronto. Fine. Now Taylor Jenkins had to make a decision of what he was going to do for that assistant position. And he decided to go with Patrick St. Andrews. Now, who's Patrick St. Andrews? Well, he is a guy that was a Mike Boonholzer protege, just like Taylor Jenkins was. Started off video room, whatever the case may be, in Atlanta with the Hawks. Then comes to uh, Milwaukee with the Bucks, and is with Bud in Milwaukee. And now is with Taylor Jenkins in Memphis. And Mike Boonholzer is out of a job uh, in Milwaukee as well as they hire Adrian Griffin. Younger guy, kind of has learned through the same coaching tree as Taylor Jenkins. Same guy leading the way, Mike Boonholzer. The one thing that you know about Mike Boonholzer, in anything, is he believes in letting it fly. Shooting a bunch of three-pointers. A bunch. Nobody ever doesn't have a green light. It will be interesting to see, with St. Andrews coming here, how this offense is going to change and what it's going to look like kind of going forward. And you're going to get a first look at this one preseason starts here in a few days. You know, is the philosophy of what they do going to change? Because Taylor Jenkins was with the Mike Boonholzer. Taylor Jenkins uh, could have applied everything he learned from Mike Boonholzer already and, and put it in. I don't think much has changed. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Uh, with the Boonholzer philosophy from the time Taylor Jenkins left Milwaukee to be the head coach in Memphis uh, and the time St. Andrews was there without Jenkins and getting to Memphis. So I'm anxious to see what exactly this offense is going to look like and how different it's going to look. Because Taylor Jenkins uh, will tell you that he spent the offseason kind of self-evaluating himself and the coaching staff and the offense and the defense and trying to figure out ways in which they can get better and adjustments that they can make to change things up for this Grizzlies team. And I think that is a huge deal. And I think that's a very important deal. A lot of times... You have guys that have been in the league a while, that have been head coaches. You know, guys have been in the league, I don't know, 20 years, 25 years. They know their style. 
And their style is going to be what they're going to coach. And you could give them any type of roster of all kinds of different players. And you know what they're going to run? They're going to run their their style, their offense. They're going to run their defense because that's all they know. That's what they believe in. That's what's worked for them in other places. Even though the talent may not match up with whatever the GM gave them to run with their offense or their defense, they're still going to run it. And they're going to be stubborn and they're not going to change. Lots of those guys. A lot of them have gray hair. But a lot of those guys around the NBA, college too. College. Filled with them. So from that perspective, for Taylor Jenkins to say, hey, we're, we're going to kind of go into this thing and we're going to try some different things this time. And that's great. As a fan, that's what you want. You don't want to hear, yeah, we're just going to you know, do the same, same type of stuff we did the last couple of years, and it's going to work. We've added Marcus Smart, we've added Derrick Rose, and just need everybody to stay healthy and we'll be fine. That's not the approach. He's trying to make it better and making adjustments. And I go back to what I said before, the ups and downs of a regular season, like Marcus Smart said, uh, and in the postseason in the playoffs. And handling adversity. There's going to probably be some adversity. If this offense, uh, whatever changes he's going to make, doesn't click right away, offense may struggle a little bit till they figure out what they're trying to do. Defensively, if they make adjustments, there may be struggles there too. And it may not be uh, a great first month like everybody wants. Or you may struggle in the middle of the year as you're trying to make adjustments and so forth. But you just have to remember the end goal in all of this is is to win playoff series. When you're trying to figure out what you want at the trade deadline, it's not about what I want at the trade deadline so we can win 60 games or 50 games. That, that's not what it is. When you get to the NBA trade deadline and you're the Memphis Grizzlies, it's what do I need to win the West? So when you get to the NBA trade deadline, and let's say it's the Phoenix Suns are the one seed, or the Denver Nuggets are the one seed, and Memphis is the two or the three. Okay, so what do you need to get by Denver in a playoff series? What do you need to get by Phoenix in a playoff series? Not what do you need to get to a certain number the rest of the year for a win total. That's not what this is about. Off seasons, that should be what it's about. If you look at the Milwaukee Bucks, who got eliminated by the Miami Heat last year in the first round, and the whole Giannis contract situation in a couple of years and so forth that's been all over the national media, they went out and got Damian Lillard. Kind of a shock the world deal. Nobody thought the Bucks had the assets to pull that off. The Boston Celtics then countered that by getting the former Bucks point guard that went to Portland in that deal. And actually, the deal expanded to be like four teams, I guess it is. Uh, Andrew Holiday, he ends up going to Boston. So Boston counters Milwaukee getting Lillard by getting a guy that they feel like can slow down Damian Lillard in Drew Holiday. Move, counter move. And the Miami Heat and the Eastern Conference are left holding a bag, having gotten no better and fallen significantly behind. Well, in the West, Denver didn't do anything outstanding to take a next step, right? That really hasn't happened. Phoenix, we knew about this last year. So nothing major has necessarily happened there either. LeBron and Anthony Davis didn't add a third big-name player uh, to what they have with the Lakers at this point. The Kings are relatively the same. So if you look at the Clippers, can they stay healthy? Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. I don't know if I'm really sold on them staying healthy. James Harden wants a trade. He's trying to get to the Clippers. We'll see if that happens. But for the most part, there hasn't been 
a major change in the West since the Beal deal last year with Phoenix. So everybody's kind of status quo. But you did lose Dylan Brooks, but you did add a couple other uh, good players in Smart and Derrick Rose. It's going to be fun to see how this Memphis Grizzlies team plays and responds for the first 25 games without John Morant, and then what changes once John Morant is back in the fold and playing again. Taylor Jenkins said they're going to figure out what their starting five is because he has to have that ready to play the first 25 games. So when they're practicing and stuff, John Morant's not going to be running with the starting unit. No. This is going to be about getting through that, that first month, month and a half, whatever the case may be for 25 games, to be able to get through that process without John. And then when Ja comes back, then hopefully uh, they will play in place to kind of integrate him right back into where they want him to be kind of going forward. And that's going to be a transition too. And you have to be ready for that being a transition. All right. I've babbled long enough about this, uh, but I will say this. You just have to remember to kind of keep an even keel, just like the Grizzlies are going to try and do in that locker room as a fan base. You kind of got to try to do the same thing because it's all about the playoffs. Now, regular season doesn't mean much of anything other than making sure you're ready and peaking at the right time for the playoffs. Basketball in October, November, December, that's just an extension of preseason for this coaching staff to try to work on things. And you want to see this team really starting to hit its stride end of March, early April, uh, and playing at a real high level and having a good confidence level going into the playoffs. See Sparky Fiverr filling in for Gabe Kuhn on the Gabe Kuhn Show, 92.9 ESPN. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.